All right, welcome to Side Dish, a podcast about Longmont, all the stuff you want to know and very little that you need to know. I'm Eric Ozempa. And I am Brady Steffel. Hey, Brady, how you been? We took a week off. so We did take a week off. It was kind of nice to just be a potato over that long weekend. That's right. That's right. It was. It was kind of cool. Yeah, that rainy day. And it's just like, I'm just going to keep sitting on my butt. <laughs> so how's your life been? Life's been good. Uh, I mean, uh, the temps been ramping up, and it's been nice to get outside. So a lot of watering. The grass is growing like crazy. So mm-hmm. man, on yeah, it was Saturday. Saturday it was just a chock full day because it was like I woke up and thought, all right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do all this truck maintenance, and I bought an old Nissan off the neighbor. This like 2000 uh, with like a, a stick shift that barely goes into first gear, and and I love it. But it's an $800 truck, so I'm not gonna take it in to get like the power steering system flushed, right? Yeah. Like I'm going to spend eight, like $1,000 in maintenance. No, wait a second. Is this the same truck that you helped me move some furniture about a year ago or is this a different yeah, truck? That's okay. A, that's okay. Truck. Cool. That's my okay. $800 truck. Yeah. So, and I love that truck. I love, I love having one like really terrible vehicle. Um, it's super functional, but like you just don't have to worry about it. You don't worry about locking it, unlocking because you don't leave anything worth anything in it. Nobody looks at it and goes, ah, there's a cherry I got to pick. So, I uh, I was doing all the maintenance on that, and then the sprinkler guy calls. He said, oh, I got a slot. You want me to come? And it's like, oh, fine. And so <laughs> then I had to stop. And then Kelsey comes and is like, I think the sink is leaking in the house. And so I go in, and sure enough, that's busted. So it's like, okay, well, we can't use the kitchen sink, and now I got to go to Home Depot and then fix this. And then it's like, well, there's no oil in the truck. Now I got to fill out the truck with oil before I go with the sink, and I got to come back and finish that. Ugh. So we went over the really sweet kitchen faucet this weekend. I'll say that. Nice. What kind of kitchen faucet did you get? We got one that looks a lot like a one in a dish pit in a in a restaurant in the yeah, uh, yeah. in the kitchen dish pit. So nice. it's it's tall. Yeah, it was like, well, what do you want? And it's like, well, let's get something better than the last one because the last one apparently only lasted a year or two. We haven't had that sink for. <laughs> it was kind of upset. So yeah, this has got as long as your house. Uh, it's got a warranty, so um, it's cool. Sweet well, and the weather's been cooperative, so it's been awesome. Um, yeah. you know, so I think it makes everybody's mood much better when the weather's been so nice. I would say and, so, yeah. yeah. And uh, just grocery shopping, store shelves have been a little bit more robust and full, which is great. Yep. Um, yeah, but uh, you know, obviously we're still kind of moving into the next guidelines, the next phases of our life <laughs> here, which is, uh, is it uh, safer at home? And, um, I think it's safer at home, yeah. Yeah, and seeing some of the restaurants and businesses reopen again, and uh, that is going to be an interesting um, uh, future for some of them. So it yeah, is, I'm. It is I'm a- glad so many have made it to this phase because I I went to Georgia Boys for dinner two nights ago and to do a, a pickup order thing, and they had their act together and they were seating people inside and I I guess I hadn't realized that it was already starting because it would have been uh whatever day it was like the first day pretty much that you could mm-hmm. go inside and eat i think saturday and it was like oh uh there's people in here <laughs> uh oh but they would only let three people into the entryway and then they'd seat you or take your order or whatever and then you'd go back outside or you'd wait somewhere else and then the next few people would come in so they were doing a, a good job of distancing and um well it did take a, a bit longer to get my food than i expected uh georgia boys is usually pretty fast uh, I guess I can't blame them if everybody's like, hasn't really been working at capacity. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I worked in a kitchen. I'll definitely cut those guys some slack. <laughs> um, I work in a lot of kitchens. So I'll cut them some slack. So that, that was, that was cool. Like that was, it was a neat experience. People were on the patio, people were inside, uh, still a lot of to go orders. 
And there's a very convivial spirit as things open back up. People, I think, are just dying to talk to somebody else. Exactly. So I, I, I went to the brewing market and people were sitting outside and this was this past weekend. And so that was nice to see people outside. I know Cafe Luna has opened their patio seating. I know Tangerine is open now as a restaurant. Most of the restaurants, I shouldn't say most, but there are some restaurants that are really making some more play to get people either to dine in their patios or so Mike O'Shea's I know is open. Um, yeah. Chiba Hut. Cheap uh-huh. Hut, yep, open on their patio. Uh, cool. So anybody who has patios, and the really cool yeah. thing too is that the word is that they will be expanding to the alley. So provide oh. additional seating. So mm-hmm. at the very least, it'll look like it'll expand to the alley during like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Huh. Um, and so they'll be able to close off the alleys a little bit and help with some seating out that way. And then the word is, is that they're also looking at um, closing off portions of main street so it'd be from like 30 really? to peak where it'd be one lane each way so really? able to bring more tables maybe and more more um uh walkability if you will um, very street, very so. very parisian it is very parisian and i yeah. i gotta yeah. say like that it i i kind of wish that that, that would that happen would all the time yeah it'd be really kind of cool. cool like that yeah. would be a big draw for me to go like huge outdoor seating spaces and just like I mean, if you've ever been to Paris, it's just like the movies where you have all of the, like they just spill tables out on the sidewalks as much as yeah. they can just yeah. get away with. And they'll just, they walk, I mean, they'll walk out the door and then walk half a block up to your table. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, and it's really cool. And you just sit there and there's a lot of foot traffic and sometimes there's a lot of traffic traffic depending on where you're at. And it's, it's neat. I think it's just a neat, neat thing. And uh-huh. this could be pretty pretty cool hopefully the i think it would be really cool vibe and i think that it will discourage people obviously cars would slow down but also i would imagine that cars would be like you know i'm just gonna avoid it altogether and i'm gonna go on kimbark or kaufman which isn't necessarily a bad idea either i mean kaufman's a pretty broad street and you know as we we talked to phil i mean you can pretty much take kaufman all the way from like ninth all the way down to second and you can skip yep. the entire downtown if you wanted yeah. to. And so, you know, I, th- I think that that's kind of a neat idea too as well. And in fact, people do take Kaufman when we have like parades or festivals or something. I like will that. say I, you might have to go with a, a 12 pack of eggs, a dozen eggs in case some ding dong decides to roll coal right up main street when everybody's <laughs> out there. Oh, I was down at the bulk store. And you I want got to describe, out. describe to people what roll coal means. Oh my people God. Like, what people, the heck does that mean? And I'm not, I'm not going to hedge bets on this. This is one of the worst things in the world. Like just what, <laughs> what? Because <laughs> what they do is they, they put So you get a big old diesel and then they, they act some, some bypass switch in there. Cause they're supposed to be burning at a certain particulate thing that comes off the tailpipe. And they, they have a switch in there that makes it. So it just sends out all this unburned, basically soot out the tailpipe. And some, and I got, I got all kinds of words for this, but there, some ding dong was coming up and he had a big stack. It must've been eight, 10, 12 inches around that came up right through his truck bed. And he did this right down main street, this big, long jet of black. And I'm just like, I almost just took off running down the street to get a picture or like his license plate card <laughs> in that stuff. It makes me so mad. And I know that's why they do it is because like, ah, we're going to go make people angry today. And it's like, what a motivation, what a motivation. Like, if you want to do that on your country farm, I still don't endorse it, but like, at least it's out there not hurting anybody. You're having fun. But to do it in the middle, like just, just to be a jerk to like as many people as possible. Ah! This is uh, the uh, sponsored rant 
So the, the rant, the the preceding rant was sponsored by our uh, farm co-op. Yeah, um, that was Brady's rant for the week. Yeah, I expect a check from the EPA. <laughs> <laughs> Be chilling for big government here. Something like check my. Oh my gosh! So no, it's just it drives me like that, and like the Harley thing's bad. But when you're actually doing that, and it was like it was like a, a, a this redolent layer of black junk that came. Oh, out. I know. Yeah, and it, it was so disgusting, and it's like. That's just terrible. Just to do that to people, just just to be a jerk, is just. I, I well, I told I, you. I mean, I think that what drives me crazy about Main Street, it's not really the traffic. I mean, Fort Collins has traffic through their their downtown right. area, and you have a lot of people say, "Oh, well, we, why can't we close off Main Street and make right. it like the Boulder Mall?" Well, the fact is, is that there are only three successful, maybe four successful malls in the entire United States. Yep. One of them being Boulder, Once and so it's not Virginia. as easy easy as that. You actually have to you know, have a plan and it has to be a pretty good captive audience. So CU is right there. And so they're right. able to have a lot of students that partake in the mall and that's what made it successful. And, and, you know, and it, now it's also a, a, it's a highway, so you can't close yeah. it off unless you have a plan for figuring out the traffic. And that's exactly it. Like when you're, when you're on main street, it's like, Oh, it's main street. It's cute. There's like that. Da, 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 yeah. da. When you're North of first, North of third up until, whatever it's like oh it's just a cute little street but then it's like no this is this is a thoroughfare that like goes to downtown denver basically yeah this, this is a it's a big pipeline um so yeah i i think it's cool that they're, they're going to try this thing uh closing down lanes but ultimately we'll have to see what the backlash is and oh i know uh no so that's a wild idea yeah um so anyway uh i'm done ranting <laughs> You are done ranting, and it's cool to see, again, the bars and restaurants start to open a little bit. I noticed that at first it was the restaurants, and then the tasting rooms have opened. So I know Left Hand was able to open. Wibby was able to open. Um, and you said um, we should touch on the Dickens thing, because you said yeah, Dickens so is change, changed hands. Yeah, so Dickens changed hands, and I believe it's Dickens Prime now. And so they're going to turn it into a steakhouse, and the sad thing about it is, is I believe that they started opening and changing that about two weeks before we went into, you know, the spiral of due to COVID-19 and shut down and all that stuff. So let's uh, think good thoughts for them as they're, they're kind of looking to change that business model a little bit. But, uh, you know, it's always struck me as a really weird space. And we talked about this off air. And I just think it's a, a very fascinating, like you go in and it's a bar. Yeah. And then on the other side, it's kind of like the hot and cold, you know, the uh, uh, McDonald's. I remember, I, remember, or something. <laughs> I remember being seated and like, I went in and like, ah, oh, we're here for dinner. And like, okay. And they took us back this like raised area. And yeah. it was just like, yeah. this is it, huh? This is where, <laughs> okay. This is not at all what I would have thought from the outside. Um, <laughs> and then we ate and it was okay. Uh, I think, I'm, I'm hoping the new place has better food. Um, and okay. It was just like a big, okay. Okay. Um, but that's gone. Those people are gone and they were successful for a number of years. Uh, poor timing, unfortunately, nothing that the new owners could have done or known about. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, for them. And I have a story, a neighbor of mine had a CBD, basically edible cannabis oil thing going on. And he, he made like power bars, and that sort of stuff. And he said that he moved out of that like a week or two before this hit. He, wow. He changed careers. He's like, I'd have this kitchen space. I'd have all of this stuff that I would be liable for right now. And I would just be freaking out, try to keep the lights on. And now I'm doing something completely different. I don't have to worry about it at all. Well, so. it's really funny that you mentioned that too. We, Sandy and I were talking about 
the power bar, energy, hiking bar, mm-hmm. all that stuff seemed to kind of go out. The, I don't know about you, kind of went out the window when we started isolating ourselves and that sort of thing. I don't know why, but we weren't buying power bars or anything like that because we weren't obviously hiking, but we would buy those like if you're hiking or a quick lunch, like if I was at the office mm-hmm. or something like that. And then all of a sudden it was like, nope, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to buy chips and food that's bad for me. <laughs> and um, I so, thought this was going completely the other direction. No, no, no. no. I thought you were going to be like, oh, well, now I make a hard-boiled egg for breakfast and then have <laughs> a single slice of cheddar cheese with <laughs> You know, this salad for lunch. You're like, God, I'll just eat chips. See, I'm the other way. Like, I just eat, I, I'll eat one in, like enormous meal at five, six, seven o'clock whenever we eat dinner. And throughout the rest of the day, I'll graze. I'll have a cheese stick. I'll have a banana. I eat a lot of like granola bars. I eat a lot of just, just to not be hungry. Just like to take the edge off of being hungry so you're not nauseous. And that's how, I mean, then at night, I've been eating fine throughout the day and I just eat something like Met George Boys, you know, for dinner, Some tacos, something massive, usually. It's, I don't know if it's the best model, but it, it works for me. So Well, for you, I would probably suggest, since you're so thin, I'd probably suggest maybe you could have that hard-boiled egg, and you could really go heavy on the hard-boiled eggs. And I like hard-boiled eggs, actually. I know. Maybe you should go heavier on it. So I, get yourself I, a steak. Get a little bit more, you know, a little bit more meat or something. I don't know. <laughs> eat a steak. Yeah. <laughs> eat a steak. <laughs> I've been okay, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Like when we lived in the Midwest, steak was like, that was the thing. Like that was, if you're going to do something, it was like shrimp. We didn't eat a lot of seafood uh, where I grew up, but it's like landlocked middle of nowhere. And then we, we grew up eating steaks and people would get like half a cow and throw it in the deep freeze. Mm-hmm. And then you would just pull out all of this meat. And that was, the, and then we moved and the quality dropped and the prices went up. And it's the same here, I would say, because where we lived in Minnesota had great steaks. And I'm just like, ah, we don't need it. It's fine. And then you smell somebody making one and it's like, Oh boy. I know. This is, yeah. this is great. So definitely um, Midwest. Yeah. 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 Definitely Midwest. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, anyway, we wish them well with the Dickens and their new concept. So we'll see, have to see how that happens and how that goes. But right oh, we now, didn't even mention the city opening. I'm sorry. Eric Keen no, is no, here. No. And we, we welcome yeah. you. Hello. Hello. Yeah. But I did want to say the city is opening again. We didn't talk about it at all. Maybe at the end of the show, but okay. there you go. So what do you mean? The city, like the municipal building and all that? Yeah. Stuff? Municipal buildings are yeah. opening back yeah. up as of June 1st. So yep. anyway, well, we, and, we'll and everybody we should go by and take a look at all the new renovations over there too, at the municipal building. It's pretty nice. I will say. So that. there you go. So yeah. let's, let's All right. talk to Eric. So we do have Eric Keene, who is the executive director of the Left Hand Brewing Foundation, <clears throat> who's joined us. And Eric, thanks so much for joining us today. Happy to be here. Thanks for yeah. Having and you probably, I don't know if you know my, um, the co-host here is uh, Brady Steffel. And I don't know if you've met Brady before, but we're just ever so happy to have you here. I don't think so. But, I don't think yeah. so. Nice to meet you. Good yeah. to meet you, Eric. But what's great is that you both have guitars on your walls, so I know that you probably have something in common already, so that's awesome. Um, but Eric, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, first of all, like, you know, where, where'd you grow up? Where'd you come from? That sort of thing. Yeah, um, so I'm from uh, Boulder County area. I was born in Boulder and uh, grew up in Lyons, um, kind of how I got my start in the events world. I grew up in Lyons and I started working for Planet Bluegrass, kind of volunteering and helping out when I was really young um, and started working there in the summers uh, when I was 16 and kind of stayed there all the way up until 2016. So about 12 years I worked there every summer and then eventually full time. I went to CU Boulder. I've moved around Boulder County a few times. I've lived outside of Boulder County for about nine months of my life and uh, lived here in Longmont for the last uh, five years. So 
Awesome. Okay. So what brought you back to Colorado? Well, I never really left. Um, yeah, you said you were gone for like nine months, but... For nine months. I moved to Westminster, so... Oh, okay. Not that far. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Boulder County brought me back to Boulder <laughs> County. It's just one of the coolest places there is to be, and um, I just love the Longmont area pretty much anywhere. North of Boulder is fantastic by me. Very cool. So let's see, you've been in the position as an executive director of the Left Hand Brewing Foundation for About a year two and a half, years. two years? Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So describe to us what you, do, what you do over there. Yeah, so the Left Hand Brewing Foundation is um, one of the big charitable initiatives at Left Hand Brewing Company, obviously. Um, so we're pretty close to the brewery on a lot of our things, on sponsoring local events, on donating beer and merchandise, supporting other nonprofits. And then the big focus of our foundation was, um, I say was, because COVID has changed all the things, but was um, producing Leptopalooza and Longmont Oktoberfest, kind of the big flagship um, events in Longmont in the beer and charity world. Yeah, and I just saw a notice today that said you had to unfortunately cancel Leftapalooza, so I'm really sorry to hear that. So Yeah, it's been a busy day. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet. Well, one of the things we wanted to ask you about, too, as well, is, um, you know, you, at least the word is, the rumor is, is that Left Hand has got a lot of kind of uh, desires or dreams to do some sort of concert or event space on its own property, and um, near the river corridor and that sort of thing. Could you talk to us about that and, and whether the rumors are true or, or. Yeah, I can share a little bit. There are a little bit more than rumors. Um, we have uh, had a couple of public comment meetings over at left hand. And if you're interested in the project at all, I'd encourage you to reach out to the brewery at info at lefthandbrewing.com. Um, but yeah, we're interested in building a big outdoor beer garden space. Um, eventually maybe some kind of uh concert or amphitheater or community events sort of space. Um, we had uh, a planning and zoning meeting scheduled with the city back in March. That got pretty well postponed. Um, I hear it's back on the calendar. I don't know the exact date. But we're slowly working through that design review process and um, getting ready to do something cool. Uh, we already own the space. It was some old um, warehouse buildings that badly needed to be uh, demolished. Yeah. Something better built in their yeah. place. Um, so we're, we're working our way patiently through it, but our priority is always to do something that really um, meshes with the community, enhances the area that we're in, um, and works well. So we're being really patient, taking a lot of input and time dealing with it. And then obviously COVID has changed some of our plans for cash outlay and big CapEx expense. So we're taking a good measured look at that as well. Yeah, so that would be the space that's adjacent to your building on Boston? Yeah, so um, at the brewery at Boston Avenue, um, the brewery tasting room location is 1265 Boston. That's the address there. Um, our marketing and sales offices are up the street at 1235. Okay. And we actually own the lots in between, which is addressed as 1245. So um, right now, if you drive down Boston, you'll see we flattened it out and uh, graded it um, mostly so that we can mow it this summer and keep the weeds from growing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, eventually we'd like to do something pretty cool there. Yeah, is I, I mean I've been keeping an eye on this because we we've actually mentioned this on the show before, um, because it's on the city planning and zoning whatever the development map. And so I live so far away, so I would drive by once in a while and trying to figure out. You're trying to go like, hmm, I wonder what they're going to do German style beer garden or uh, some Americanized. We're going to have something like uh, the Rayback Collective down in Boulder, some mishmash of everything. Uh, it's been fun speculation. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Tune into the planning and zoning stuff because that's all obviously public and um, you can check out some of the initial drawings and sketches and stuff we have. But essentially just big outdoor space where people can grab a beer, sit on the lawn, um, grab some food from a food truck. Really pretty simple and straightforward to start with. Um, see what we got and go out from there. 
Yeah, I think it's a it's a cool it's like like a pretty cool corridor. That Boston corridor has got a lot of potential, so I, I'm eager to see. Really up and coming. It's a good yeah, yeah. You know, it'll be really cool. And and again, with the river corridor tie-in, I think that'll be really cool as well. So one of the things I wanted to ask you about was um, you've been doing a lot now related to the COVID nineteen and trying to help strengthen breweries. It seems like and. Um, you've had some fundraising efforts going on to help strengthen the businesses. And and could you describe to us a little bit about what you're up to? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, we went from planning to do a large 5,000-person event in the middle of May to postponing and now canceling that. So we had to kind of fill our time with something else. And, um, we've kind of taken on two big initiatives at the same time. One is our hospitality fund, which is really focused on supporting here in Longmont and a little bit larger in the Boulder County area. Um, and what we've been doing is raising money and then using those funds to purchase gift cards from local restaurants and bars um, and then giving those gift cards to folks who are out of work or have their hours cut or their pay cut. Um, so kind of getting a nice double hit on those funds that have been raised by both supporting the restaurants and keeping people working and then also getting some help to those who don't have it. So that's been fun. We've raised about 20,000 bucks so far from various sponsors, individual donations, um, contributions. And we're still keeping that program running. We're looking forward to buying another round of gift cards here in the next few weeks. Um, and then the big program that we launched um, in partnership with the Colorado Brewers Guild is the Colorado Strong Fund. And that one is Colorado-wide. It's, God, I want to say, probably the biggest charitable initiative the foundation's taken on ever. <laughs> this is a big one mm -hmm. for us. Yeah. Um, and yeah, essentially what we wanted to do is support the entire Colorado brewing industry from the folks that put hops and barley in the ground all the way to the customers who are drinking it in tasting rooms or at the moment can't afford to, but want to. Uh, so what we did is we set it up so that any brewery in Colorado can, uh, apply to join us. And what we'll do is buy the ingredients from suppliers, all Colorado companies. We will give those to the brewery for free. They'll brew the beer. It's Colorado Strong Pale Ale. It should be a super drinkable pale ale from anywhere. And then when those breweries sell that, we ask them to donate 20% of their sales back to a fund. And then we're in the same way as the hospitality fund, using that Colorado Strong Fund to then donate back into the community to help folks who've been most impacted. So supporting suppliers, supporting the breweries, and then also eventually supporting um, the people who've been most strongly impacted. And so if people want to find out about that, how do they go find out about it? ColoradoStrongBeer.org. Um, Fantastic. Check it out on our foundation website um, or just Google it. But the best way to support for anyone interested is to go to their local brewery pretty much right now and buy some Colorado Strong because it is available and for sale. Uh, the project's been running for about a month now and cool. it's tasty. You know, it is, is that on tap at left hand too now that your uh, tasting room is open again? Just tapped it last Friday. Um, our version is awesome. It's hoppier and stronger. It's about 6.7%. Drinks almost like an IPA. Um, but there's great versions all over Longmont. Grossenbart's version is awesome. It's kind of a hazy pale ale, really fruity. Um, I've heard great things about 300 Suns version. Um, and then it's available all across Colorado. So. Yeah. Fantastic. That's great. So we're getting back to your events now. So left of Palooza obviously canceled, but are you still planning like the Oktoberfest will continue or are you adjusting now? We've got a pin in it for the moment. Um, lots of people are talking about whether or not events will be possible and whether or not you can do anything this fall. And that's a good question. Looking at it from the event planner perspective, though, the hard part about shows like that is that we have to advertise and sell tickets. We got to tell people a story 
right now about how we're going to be able to make the event safe, that it's going to be legal to do so, that we can book artists having confidence that we're going to be able to honor those contracts. And that's where our uncertainty comes from. I believe that we'll be able to get together this fall in some size of group and see each other and be safe. But telling that story right now is really difficult. Mm, so yeah. we really keep the Longmont Oktoberfest spirit and theme and branding alive. That event's been in Longmont for 30 something years now. Um, pre-exist left hand certainly and uh, keeping that going is really important how and what that looks like we really don't know at this point it might be a collaboration with a bunch of restaurants and bars it might be some sort of free and public gathering it might be something virtual online at home but um, we'll do something we'll certainly honor and mark the occasion because it's a big one for our community so tell us how are you coping how are you coping with this whole um environment if you will uh <laughs> Good question. I, I'm doing all right. I think having a couple of big projects to work on has really helped. Um, I'm a guy that likes to be busy and cranking <laughs> and doing good things for the community. So if we had just been canceling and shutting down, that would have been a little yeah. bit darker. Um, Health-wise, I'm healthy. My family's healthy. My friends are healthy. So stoked on that. Um, but yeah, just staying busy is, is important. Keeping the pace up. Yeah. Anything else you want to throw out there for our, our listeners to, to either know about you, the foundation, or anything else? I mean, I would just say that um, both at our foundation, but also across all the industries, right now the urgency of COVID is starting to fade off a little bit. We're all getting a little more comfortable going out camping for the weekend or getting back into a tasting room. But the economic impacts, the individual impacts of this are going to last a very, very long time. We lived through, are living through one of those watershed moments in history. And um, we need to continue to be cognizant and patient with each other on that. Everyone's going to have a different reaction coming out of this. Just staying, staying in it and staying together and, you know, just keep working. <laughs> it's kind of all we can do as a community and it's what makes us strong and great. But um, it takes a little more effort the further we get away from the, the immediate yeah. Yeah. You know, well, well said. Amen. Well said. So Eric, thank you so much for being with us today. We really appreciate it. We appreciate the work you're doing for the hospitality industry and the brewers and um, all the families that have been affected by COVID-19. So thank you very much. And um, we wish you well and the event scene in the future. Absolutely. Thank you. And uh, everyone should plan on coming out and seeing a big show sometime next year, probably. But we'll be back. <laughs> We'll have a beer together. We'll give each other a hug and a high five. Um, don't know when, but soon. It'll feel soon. 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 Thanks very much. Thanks, Eric. Have a good afternoon. All right. Um, let's see. We, I, I think it's going to be really pretty cool to, to see what they do in that river corridor. Yeah. That works. I think it's really pretty neat. He's, so. a, he's out of the call now. So it's like, I thought yeah. I was really hoping for something. Juicier, juicier. Yeah. yeah, I really was. <laughs> a little coy with that information. Yeah. It's kind of funny, I, you know. I get it. You know, if they yeah. say we want to do this and then it doesn't work or whatever. Yeah. Else. Oh well, you said. So I, I really get it, but it's like, oh man, I, I, I look forward to a space like that. I think it'll be really cool. Yeah. Um, and it's I, 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 what I really like is that, like Rayback, it's like right off of that corridor that falls the river, and you can just get on your bike and like. You, I mean, you could come all the way from Clover Basin. Yeah. You know, that it's, that's yeah. really cool. You can just like, hey, we'll bring the kids. It's a nice, safe way to get through town. Uh, it's beautiful because it's all been redone. And we'll just stop off for a beer or two, get a hot dog or a taco or a whatever, and then, you know, go home or whatever. And it's, it's a cool asset. And I, he is right about Boston. It's, a, it's an up-and-coming area. 
uh, I, I look forward to something like that. I think. Well, and I think what's really much cooler about it too than Rayback. I mean, I love Rayback, but gosh, parking there is terrible. So I can promise everybody that the parking, there's like 12 parking spaces (laughs) and yeah. Because it even doesn't. And you're like, well, I'll I'll keep driving. (laughs) In circles. And the sad thing is there's no other place to go. It's not like you can park on, you know, on Valmont there. I mean, you right. can't park on Valmont and you can't. No, you just. Yeah, it's terrible. Just, so. just scrap for a spot, you know, uh, yep. it's all you can do. It's so, yeah. And then to, um, well, I, I think Rayback is really cool. I'd like to see Longmont's take on it and just be like, Longmont's got better parking and I don't have to drive to Boulder then. And if I have two drinks, I don't have to be like, all right, now this yeah. is big travel thing that I have to take care of. It's like, no, it's, it's in the middle of Longmont and there's many ways you can get there. I mean, there, you probably do a brew hop thing to get around town. You can, you can walk, you can drive, you can, I mean, whatever you can bike down. Well, and personally, I like to see kind of a German beer garden kind of flair to it. Mm-hmm. You know, I like what you asked him, but yep. uh, you know, about whether it be, yeah. It's, again, uh, we can all check out the plans for his suggestions. Right. So yeah, yeah we probably but, should. Uh, Cause yeah. like, if you've never heard, I think, I can't remember how much of this we talked about on air, but I lived in Germany for a while and you could go to the German beer garden, which is just sort of a municipal thing and get beer, get sausage. It was very affordable, um, very low key, lovely old growth trees that they had been established a long time ago, right on the river. It was a gorgeous experience. You could just hang out for as long as you want and then bicycle home because the towns are very condensed. Um, it was, it was great and just very peaceful, like a, a fun way to spend the night. So that would be cool for me. Any, any of these really would be cool. Like there's so many ways to do it. I'm sure yeah. they'll do a great job. So. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, one of the things I wanted to mention too, was that, uh, you know, we're in the midst of many changes. Obviously we've got, you know, a pandemic going on and then the incidences and the occurrence of, of protest and violence that have been occurring in Minneapolis and throughout the country. I actually think that one of the things that made me think of is, is the tragic shooting we had um, back in 1980 in Longmont, which is part of our history. And, and um, the, the two gentlemen who were, who were killed, um, Juan Luis Garcia and Jeff Cordova from an incident that occurred on Main Street, just actually just down the street from where I live. So 11th and Main Street, it was back in 1980 in August, and this would be the 40th anniversary of that tragic event. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't understand that, that they don't any have any appreciation or knowledge of this incident. And um, <clears throat> the silver lining to this incident is it really helped transform our police force. and. Mm-hmm help transform our city a little bit. Now, are we perfect? I'm not suggesting that we are, but I, I think that if any, if there's any silver lining that came out of that, it's because it really did transform the city a little bit. Yeah. I'll say that. Um, I've watched a lot of this unfold and a lot of videos come out and a lot of, a lot of really heated discussions going on in the internet and uh, the anonymity does insane things to people when they're posting online. But it's, <clears throat> there's been a lot of incendiary comments. There's been a lot of frustration, which is a light term, with police and the way that the police have been operating. And by and large, for what I know of the Longmont Police Department, I've been very happy with any interactions. I mean, I've only been pulled over, I think, once. Like, I've never had any interactions. That, but I've worked with nonprofits in the area, and um, they've employed restorative justice to mm-hmm. what they do. And I, I think... I think that's the way forward. I really do. I think that there's, if it's not the specific programs that we have now, we have good people doing that work and like that or modified versions of that. 
are so much better for your community long term than um, the 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 warrior style training that that people seem to think is just so cool or whatever because it, that winds up dividing communities when you when you approach things in that way and there's there's always going to be a need for the special forces arm of police i mean it, we we're not we're not free of of drug use and production and that sort of thing and i mean longmont's gotten a bad name for that type of thing in the past um so you need to have police who are equipped for that but ultimately i i like that Longmont's police force very much feels like they're invested in the community and um, it, it seems like there is there was a tragic beginning to that but yeah. I'm glad where we're at now is a place of understanding and, and really they they try to they, they seem to be helpful you know it's, mm -hmm. it's not confrontational yeah um, any any experiences that I've had of them <clears throat> And um, one of the, the organizations that came out of that movement was El Comité, and so they're going to be celebrating probably their 40th anniversary, I would suggest, um, in some form or fashion. And, you know, we could be grateful for Rich Mendez and Marta Moreno and Dan Benavides, Dan Benavides and others that helped form that that organization that helps so many immigrants in our community. But, um, and I'm not uh, a paid spokesperson for El Comité, but I do want us to, to mention that, you know, that is part of Longmont's history and that albeit tragic is, has been an interesting way for us to move forward. And I certainly hope the best for Minneapolis as a person who was born there and you as somebody who was raised in Minnesota. Um, yep. it's and really, I lived in Minneapolis. Yep. Yeah. So it's really heartbreaking to see what's going on. So it is, um, our thoughts and prayers to everybody in Minnesota as well as across the country. So, yeah, um, There's some real uh, struggles out there. I'm not going to, you know, I don't want to, yeah. it, it's, this is not the preview of the show, but no, um, I, I do want to say that, yeah, like we understand that these things are going on and, um, it's, it's no small matter. Um, yeah. just, and it's just too layered to get into for us, I think, but it is. Um, yeah. So heart, heart goes out. All right. So we are, um, I don't think we have any events, so I think we're going to probably. Nah, we're skipping events. Yeah, we're close. It's all we do. It's, it's all knitting circles. It's all great stuff, but it's like, yeah, if you want to do an online knitting thing. <laughs> it's eh, all virtual and everything yeah, like that. So, so yes. it's not left to Palooza. I will. <laughs> do you call it the COVID every time? What? Do you call it the COVID every the time? The COVID. Yeah, why not? Yeah. You did. <laughs> I do. I definitely article. Isn't that funny? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> I gotta check. I gotta the check. COVID. Gotta, yeah. gotta check the email or whatever. It's just like a very. <laughs> I gotta get on the email. The email's busted. It's like oh, the internet. Shush. Yeah, that's my old man rant too. All right. So thanks to Andy Epler for our intro music. Um, thanks to Fox Feather and Laura for giving us "Come and Get It." As, I'm sorry. Come and get me. As the music for this week. Find us on Spotify and podcasts where you download your pod content. Reach out to us at info at dot org. Um, just wanted to mention real quickly it's that Fox Fire has new content going off and we'll have some information and the grass has
monster is cracking 